Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Sebastian, uh, rainy weekend ahead of us. Uh, yeah, not to be the weatherman, but um, it's raining outside. You know, every morning I become the weatherman in my house. Uh, I don't. Lila, Lila jumps in when she comes into when she wakes up, and she goes, uh, "What's the weather like today? Can I wear short sleeves or not?" So I said, well, it's going to be a little cold, a little cold or a lot cold. No, just a little cold. All right. So we start every morning. I, I just tell Alexa, I say, hey, Alexa, what's the weather? The weather the, can you ask Alexa if you if you can wear short sleeves or long sleeves? I don't know. I've never tried that. Hmm. That would be the real question. Because the number is really arbitrary, right? It's really just a matter of can I wear short sleeves or not? Yeah, I mean, I'm usually wearing long sleeves anyway, so. That is true. I'm also usually wearing shorts. Not, not your boy. <laughs> you got them three-quarter pants. Three-quarter pants. There you go. Um, all right, so um, this past weekend, uh, what did we do? Tournament? Tournament. We had a tournament last weekend. Online state classic. That's right. We had a tournament. I almost forgot that we had a tournament last weekend. Man, was it really that long ago? Hey, not to throw any shade when you're playing a constellation game. It's just another game, right? That's fair enough. Yeah, that's true. And you're not not wrong there. I can't um, really say much because I was playing in the constellation game too. Yeah. So. so you had a successful weekend though, or your team did. One of your teams did. Yeah, those seven boys. Uh I wouldn't really call it a, I guess you'd call it a final. It was a round robin game. We were gonna play this team anyway. Um finished second place in the tournament. So good showing by them. Extremely competitive. Good um, for them. So yeah, they all got a medal and trophy. Well, I got the trophy, but oh, you got, they all got medals. Yeah, I got two trophies in my career. Oh, okay, that's it. Got one with the three girls. Oh, does that one count? Yep. Okay. Because you were coaching the O ones, Chad wasn't there. Mm. I ran the team. Got it. Boom. <laughs> got two trophies. Actually, no, I have three. Oh boy, what 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 else? Oh, 2012 girls, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> warm up coach. That wagon? Warm up coach. Well, what about the 07 girls at Cecil last year in the fall? I didn't get a trophy. Oh, but you got a medal. I didn't get a medal. The players got medals. Um, players got medals. Oh, I mean, I, I have to take the trophies that I rightfully earn. I have a, really those. those I got a president president's cup, Delaware president's cup trophy, a Delaware state cup trophy. Okay. And an indoor indoor high school indoor high school league trophy. I'm working on the state cup thing. Don't you worry. Yeah. All my teams want the smoke. Some of my teams want <laughs> some of my teams want the smoke. Not Are all you gonna win it the same way I did by not playing anybody? No, I'm gonna play somebody. <laughs> just be strategic on who I play. There you go. That's smart. But yeah, 2007 boys walking away with some hardware. 2009 boys. Um tough bracket um to get out of with you know, both teams end up making the final. You know, you know, it is extremely competitive bracket. Um, but you know, like Sebastian always says, they want the smoke. They got the smoke. I like I always say. You I don't know what say, that means. They want the smoke. They want anybody. And I don't know what that means. Saturday afternoon, they got somebody that they didn't want. And <laughs> it showed up on the scoreboard. They gave him the smoke. <laughs> they got smoked. <laughs> so yeah. Um uh, 09 girls, both teams made the semifinals, so it was, it was a really good for day for them. 
08 girls had a tough Saturday, uh, won their game on Sunday. Uh, 2011 girls did well, won their first game, and then competed really well in the other two games. 06 girls competed really well on Saturday from what Kirsten told me, and, and you and I coached them on Sunday. Or you coached them on Sunday. I was just there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I guess I guess I took the point. I'll take the point. Yeah, I didn't yeah, lose. There you go. You didn't lose. So, uh, yeah, overall, overall, it was a good weekend for the, for our teams. Yeah, um, not bad. Um, you know, we were undefeated on Churchville Rec 1. I think everybody won on that field. Yeah, that's right. No, actually, no, I lost the game on that field. Never mind. Oh, never mind. You, you ruined it for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we went three and one on that field. There you go. Um, yeah, so overall, overall, good, good weekend, uh, an enjoyable, enjoyable experience. Uh, I want to make sure that we talk about summer camps for Delaware Union. Uh, Delaware Union summer camps registrations are open, ready to go. We got some day camps uh, from nine to three or a half day option as well from nine to 12. June 20th through the 23rd, uh, July 5th through the 8th, or August 8th through the 11th. So one per month there. Got Discovery Camp, July 5th through the 8th for three and six-year-olds. We got our Diamonds Camp, July 18th through the 21st. And for our travel players, August 1st through the 4th, we have our goalkeeper finishing camp. Contact Antonio DiRienzo with all questions and Anything that you need there. Yeah. So really, really exciting stuff. <laughs> um, looking forward to the summer camps this year. We had a really good time. Uh, today we have an interview, um, which we are recording in a little bit here uh, because it's Mother's Day weekend. So uh, as has become a tradition, we bring in people to talk about Mother's Day. So it'll be really one, fun. One day we'll bring in my mom because this Friday will not be a school day. <laughs> okay. Because she's in the same boat as everybody else that's a guest on the podcast. She works at a school. Yeah. <laughs> it's Friday. So does that mean, oh, could we could we bring both of our moms? Can your mom come on and my mom come on in one day? One day. Maybe we'll, we'll set it up for uh, next week or something. We can do that. Post, that'd be, that'd post, be fun. Mother's Day. That would be fun to hear <laughs> stories about me not as a player because I don't think I have a ton of those, so. Well, if I bring my grandma on, then it's going to just be about me as a player. There you go. Because grandma, grandma was at all the games too. Yeah, she used to run that sideline. <laughs> Back in her younger days, she was she was the hype. She was the hype woman. <laughs> Shout out to all the moms uh, out there, and all the people, all the mother figures out there, not just moms, grandmas, aunts, whoever. whoever mom, the mom was silent. Mom was silent in a chair. Grandma was the hype woman. There you go. Oh, man. Mom was just there. <laughs> Mom was just there. She's just there. But yeah, let's do that. Let's set that up. That'd be really fun. I don't know if my mom would actually do it, but I don't know. My dad's already done it once. No, twice. Yeah. Twice. So let's see. Let's see if maybe um, get the marketing analytics team to reach out. Yeah, we'll talk to their people. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So with us today, it's it's our annual, as we just previously discussed before we started recording, it's our annual Mother's Day episode. And if it's our annual Mother's Day episode, we have to have Kelly Brown on the podcast. Kelly, who now has a different title than the last time we spoke with her. Um, Kelly, this might be the third title, like the, the third different title you've had since you've been on the podcast at three times. <laughs> I think it is. 
Yeah. You just like to keep it interesting for your show. I'm, absolutely. It's great. Uh, so she is the director of camps and special programming now at Steamboat Soccer Club. That's right. Back to my hometown. Yes. And you're joined here by you brought a friend with you, which is exciting. Uh, and we're we're joined here by Linda John. She's a director of coaching at Steamboat Soccer Club. How are yeah. you, Linda? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic uh, because as Kelly knows, uh, Kelly is one of my favorite people in the world. Um, her husband does not like to does not like for me to say that because that means he's not one of my favorite people. Um, he gets so. it a lot, though. He, that he's not one of the favorites but you know his wife is now the favorite <laughs> absolutely <It's laughs> great um so um mother's day episode so we're going to talk about being a mom being a coach and all that that has to do with it but before we do that kelly catch us up on your since last year what has been going on because we've we've had you on the podcast you've been on the podcast multiple times now so since the last time you were on recently Tell us about some changes that, that have happened in your life. Yeah. So both Fields and I got an opportunity to join the Steamboat Soccer Club. Um, and Steamboat is where I grew up and actually played in my youth days, um, played soccer up here in the mountains. And a, an opportunity opened for a new club director. And as you know, Fields is dreamed of being a club director in a smaller town and we've always dreamed of raising our kids in a small town and it kind of just all matched up and so we got an opportunity to to accept the position and unfortunately I had to step down from the college game but I also get to spend more time being a mom I think and raise our kids in a smaller club environment which is something we've talked about Fields and I have talked about since before kids um, and we just recently made the move up three days ago, four days ago, permanently. Um, and we also had a second kid too, since last time we spoke. So we, yeah. Kimmy May joined us in January. So Aiden has a little sister and she's a three and a half months now um, and enjoying the mountains and being outside and her little brother picking on her or her older brother picking on her all the time. So a lot has changed, um, but we are very, very, very happy. And, and, um, we haven't necessarily spoken a whole lot about this, but I've been, but uh, I, I've spoken to fields and social media and things like that. And, and I know that stepping away from the college game was a difficult transition. Um, can you talk really quick about, um, that transition in, in ultimately deciding to focus more on, on spending more time with your kids because the, the college game can be draining time-wise and mentally as well. Yeah, and I'm sure Linda can speak of it too because she was a former college coach. Mm -hmm. um, but <sighs> it's hard because you spend, I mean, I was in the college game as an assistant for about 12 years and was selfish enough to want to stay in Colorado for all of those 12 years and was fortunate to, you know, coach at CSU and then CU and then Regis, um, both as an assistant as a, and a head coach. And it was a dream career-wise. Uh, and Fields is a full-time coach too. And I think in the fall, it came down to, I was leaving the house at 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. and getting back at 1 p.m. And then we'd have trade-off Aiden and Fields would leave from 1 p.m. till about 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. And that's how we lived our life for about four months. And we never, we were parenting, but it was almost like we were single parenting. 
and never spending time together or as a family of three, it was just trading off the kid. So it was doable, but it wasn't kind of fulfilling on a personal standpoint, even though career-wise, we were both coaching on a pretty high level. Um, so we just had to kind of look again at what we wanted our life to look like and something had to give. Uh, and whether it was fields coaching teams or, you know, me changing my practices to the afternoon or, you know, something had to change. And then this opportunity came up. So I'm going to miss the college game, but I'm also looking forward to watching the college game as just a spectator and not the competitive coach (laughs) Um, and just enjoying college athletics for what it is for student athletes. That's awesome. Um, and Linda, as, as Kelly mentioned, um, and we were just talking before you used to coach, uh, you were a college coach and you coached at West Virginia Wesleyan, um, which we have one of our former Delaware Union players plays there now. So can you speak about that experience for you as a coach and then, um, being a mom and now living in Colorado and how you've managed to, to do all those things? Yeah. You know, I would, when I stepped away from the game, we decided as a, um, it was before I had kids, um, when I was coaching at the college level, we decided to move to Colorado and just have fun and, and ski before we had kids. And so that was one of the hardest things was leaving my, um, college program and, and moving to Colorado. And at the time, um, I knew JB Belzer, who was the coach mm-hmm. at Regis and we were on some national committees together that would put together the final fours. And so when I moved to Colorado, he was trying to get me to be on his staff at Regis. And my husband and I at the time were um, saying, okay, if we're going to do this kid thing, now's the time before we get too selfish and, you know, just let life take over. And so, um, you know, when you are a college coach and if you want to have a good program, you don't see your husband that much, you know? And so the, the thought of having, bringing kids into that environment, I thought as being a mom would be very difficult. Um, especially if you want to have a good program, you're recruiting all the time. Um, so it, it was difficult to step away from the college game because I loved it. I love that connection piece with seeing those girls all the time. And, um, and you become that the second mom for those girls. Um, but I couldn't imagine life being any different. It was totally worth taking going away from that level of play and getting involved in the club game more and, um, and being able to have two boys and, and now be part of their lives and coach them. How was that experience of, of being at the club level with your kids growing up? Did they end up playing the same club that you were coaching in? Yes. They've always, I've always coached in the same club that they've been involved in. Yeah. How was that experience? Um, it's funny because I was sharing a story with uh, Fields and Kelly the other day in the office. So down in Denver, um, it's kind of silly, but they do have you three, like under three age group uh, where you can show up and have a kick around and, and play games. And I can remember with our oldest son, Devin, who also plays at Wesland right now as a freshman, um, we put my husband's from England. So we put him in his entire uh Ronaldo kit for Man United and um, and his had his David Beckham boots on and we <laughs> took him to the U3 program and he loved having a kick around with us. But when we got him on the field, he just didn't want to go out there. He was a little bit shy and timid to be around all the other kids and the coaches there. 
and came off the field and, um, and just didn't want to play and wanted to observe. Um, and so we were like, we were like, Oh my God, we're finally soccer parents. And we were so stoked. And when we got into the uh, car on the way home, because he didn't want to play, we're like, okay, get your boots off, get your shin guards off. And he was like, but I want to wear my boots and shin guards. And we're like, well, you didn't want to play, so you can't wear them. And then my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, what the hell is wrong with us? He's three years old, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it started off like that, you know, and then finally, you know, you have to check yourself and kind of put that excitement of you're finally now a soccer mom and dad and, uh, and then kind of, I don't know, <laughs> ease into it and realize that your kid's not always going to be up for it and as excited as you are, right? Yeah. And I think, and I'm experiencing that right now. So I, I could use the advice. So um, my daughter, Lila is, is in our U3 to U6 recreational program, which we call the discovery program. So she's, she's with our staff and she's playing games and, and different little activities and things like that. And this is the fourth season that she's done it and she loves it. And my son, who is three years old, joined um, his first season was this spring. So now my wife, we have this, they, they, they train at the same time. So my wife was with my son and my daughter's doing it like on the field right next to right next to him by herself for the first time. My son hates it or not doesn't hate it. Just doesn't <laughs> like he, he wants to do some other stuff that has nothing to do with with whatever the soccer is. Um, so as a parent, I've said it from the beginning. I've I always wanted to like I wanted to get to the point where if my kids chose to play soccer, I was going to bring a chair and just sit there and say nothing and do nothing. And just because it's for the first time. Be a, not have to worry about coaching, being a director, or anything like that. Just literally get to sit there and just does that does that happen, or do you did you find yourself that you wanted to make coaching points and you wanted to have those conversations, or were you able to find a, like a fun balance of not saying anything? You know, I think I have a good balance because, um, like, I don't always coach them. So there's been times where I have coached them, and then there's been times I've kind of just been taken myself out of there and allowed them to have a different coach and be the parent that's on the sideline, just observing and watching. Um, this spring, I, both my boys, so um, Devin's back to play, and then um, Reese, and they're both on the U19 boys team, and I am coaching that team. So I'll have both my boys. Um, but it's funny, I've had, because of me being director of coaching with our club and being involved with coaching a lot of our teams, I have a lot of parents who come up to me and say, like, how can you just sit on the sideline and watch your kids and not coach them? And um, and I think some of that is just my past experience of being a player and being a coach and realizing that, you know, you can sit there and shout at these kids all you want on the sideline, but half the time they're not even hearing you or listening to you. Or if they are, there's that many people shouting at them that you're confusing the hell out of them. Right. So, um, and for me, like, I enjoy just sitting there and watching my kids and being proud of them and watching them grow as individuals and, and, I don't know. I just think it's kind of fun to just sit back and be a parent and just be content and happy, you know? So in that moment, mom is not as hard on them as coaches, right? Like um, mom, mom is, is not as hard as coach Linda is at that point. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You know, I, I probably am not as hard as a, as a coach on my boys as I probably would want to be. I've, I think I've found that balance of, um, I try to be, have my assistant coach be a little bit harder on my boys than I do. Um, 
Because I think that mom and son relationship is more important than that coach and player relationship. And um, I grew up with a dad who coached me who was super hard and never had any downtime. And um, I think, you know, my players get that downtime away from me. And so my kids should get that downtime too. So when we walk through the door, try not to have those conversations at the dinner table unless they ask for Mm -hmm. feedback. Um, Also, like if I'm after watching them a game, you know, and we get in the car and I wasn't their coach, not giving them feedback until they ask for it. You know, um, I try to try to keep that balance. That's that's really good. Also, by the way, I'm slightly distracted by a the amount of sunlight that's like that's beautifully coming in through Linda's windows, and also the beautiful scenery that Kelly has behind her. So we definitely like it. it we're gonna have to move to Colorado. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Kelly, what what do you think is gonna happen when when either one of your kids decides to play soccer? Do you think you'll end up coaching? You think you'll end up taking a, a back seat and taking Linda's approach of just Kind of hanging out. My heart says I'll take a back seat, but my head <laughs> says that I'll be the only one coaching them ever. Um, <laughs> no, it's feels and I talk about it all the time. And feels is like I hope our kids don't play soccer. I hope they play golf and tennis. And I'm just like, no, I want them to play soccer because I want if they it would be nice to have them share the same passion that Fields and I have. Yeah. I guess is a good way to phrase it because we love the game and we love what the game brings the players and what it teaches them, you know, life lessons that you can teach through the sport. And, you know, even looking at my daughter and then coaching the college girls, it's just like, gosh, they have such positive role models in their lives through sport. And so I hope they play talker. If they don't, I get it. It might be more difficult for me to be just a, or easier for me to be a mom if they play golf or baseball or I have to eat sunflower seeds, I guess, if they play baseball, <laughs> you know, so I'd have to do some learning, but I also, you know, I would probably rely on Linda or some other moms who have coached and have kids grow up and just give me some advice because watching my two-year-olds run around with the seven-year-olds yesterday, screaming my ball, I was kind of proud, you know, I was just like, come on get into it, you know? So there's still that competitiveness. And I, I hope I find a good balance like Linda has with her boys. Um, but it will, I think, take some learning for me, but I think time, it totally takes time, Kelly. Cause like, you know, you go through phases and there's sometimes you, you get so wrapped up in it and passionate that you have to check yourself. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I liked your quote or your phrase that the mom son relationship outweighs the player coach relationship or, they need their mom, you know, sometimes. And I think having that balance will be important as I watch Aiden grow up or Cammy grow up in the game. What is, and you spoke about, and this is a, a this is, it's taking me into a different way, but so with specifically with everything that's been going on lately in, in the world of college sports, um, specifically with a lot with more on the women's side, of college sports and and the and mental health and it being mental health awareness month and also the pressure that's put on players right this idea of of as you said right being being a mom um have either of you found yourselves that at times depending on the player you ended up having to be more of a mom figure than a coach with with other players 
I, I would personally say a hundred percent. Um, I've said this over and over and over again that, um, you know, there's, there's coaching, a lot of coaching courses for the game around the game and, um, not enough coaching courses of how to interact with these players through time, rough times and tough times where, you know, we are their mentors. They lean on us as coaches a lot. And, um, I can't tell you how many times I take players out for a milkshake whenever they need to talk or just life isn't going well for them and they just need help and they, or they just need someone to listen. And there's times things are thrown at me that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm just giving you advice based on my experiences. And there's times I wish that I had a little bit more professional um, training to be able to help these kids even a little bit more. Oh man, I th- Linda, what you just said like goes a through everything we usually talk about on the podcast, but b uh, everything I believe uh, believe on as an individual. And I'm currently going through the the U.S. Soccer B course, and um, and I've asked that question quite a bit of like, why is there no module on? Oh, there is a mental health module, but it's optional. Um, and I'm like, why is it optional? Like, I mean, it, <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, Kelly, what about you? I kind of forgot the question because I was just thinking going back to, you know, when the Stanford goalkeeper mm-hmm. passed away and I remember looking at my college girls and just, I just sent them a text, each of them in text. And it was kind of, it was a hard year for us just because we were in a bit of a transition too. And I feel like I didn't do a good enough job as a coach just to let them know I care about them as people. Um, I think sometimes you can get wrapped up in just results or performance or the next fitness test or, you know, make sure the grades, all these benchmarks are, you know, you're hitting these benchmarks. And at the end of the day, your players are people, Um, and especially when they get to that young adult age and you're working with 22 year olds that are about to enter the real world or the workforce, it's you almost treat them as adults. And at the end of the day, they're still kids um, and they're learning and they do have a ton of pressure because they're expected to perform in all aspects and they're getting pressure from the coaches and their professors and the pressure they put on themselves from their, you know, from their parents or friends or peers or to get into med school or to get into law school. Like, and there's not enough, like, I wish we had more Lindas in the world that would just be able to take much milkshakes and just say, Hey, what's up? Let's, I care about you, you know, but I also think, you know, I wish I could do, I wish there's more hours in a day when I was with the college program to take 28 girls out to milkshakes, <laughs> but even just a simple text, just to say, Hey, I care. I'm here. If you need anything, um, I think it went a long way and it's hard. It's really sad to see all the pressures that athletes are putting on themselves or everybody else is putting on them as well. Yeah. And so, and I've primarily made a, 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 career of what we want to call it a career of coaching girls soccer that's primarily what i focus on i i almost to a purpose do not coach boy soccer um and i found that <clears throat> i think a lot of the times it's it is just asking questions right uh i had a player the other day who said i'm having said hey how, how's it going how are you how's your day and she said uh it was hard i'm having boy troubles and i said okay um like anything i can like help you or at least be a sounding board and I was like, listen, everything you've gone through at some point, I'm not a girl, but I may have experienced it one way or another, or I've seen it. 
Um, so she gave me the scenario and, and I said, listen, I don't necessarily have any advice that I can specifically give you, but we have some other coaches in the club that might be able to help you with this specifically. And she was like, no, thanks for just listening. And, uh, the next time I saw her, she was like, Hey, by the way, I give like, so she gave me an update and she's like, everything worked out great. Like, thanks for listening. Like, give me a high five. And I was like, perfect. Like, and those are the really good moments. And yeah. And those are the moments where you at times forget about the soccer per se, right? Like you forget about the result. You forget about everything else. Like I could tell you that moment specifically, I can't remember which game it was and what the result of that game was, <laughs> but yeah. I can tell you that moment specifically. Do you think, do you think as coaches, right? And, and Linda, you've had that a little bit more experience than, than both Kelly and I as a, as a mom of, of boys growing up playing the game. Do you think we've, we've made progress of educating parents or do you think they're, we're still not, not quite there when it comes to that kind of stuff about specifically working on the results and focusing on that and the, the pressure that gets put on kids. I think it's getting better. You know, I think there's more awareness now and I think it's only going to get better. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Because, uh, when I was a kid, most of the time we just got dropped off at training and parents didn't stick around and observe. And they really didn't know unless they came to a game, like who the better players were or, or how you did at training. So you didn't get any feedback when you were got in the car from training. Whereas I think like a lot of parents stick around and watch training now. So these poor kids are getting like, they're just getting it after training. They're getting it after games, you know, and I find like the parents who, and I don't know if this is correct for me to say or not, but I feel like the parents who didn't find success in the sports that they did as kids are the hardest. Um, I feel like they're living through their kids' um, lives now and they want their kids to find that success that they never did. And so those are the kids I worry about because I feel like, you know, they get an earful every time they get in the car after every training session and game. And those are the parents who are out there observing everything. And those are the parents who are like competing against the other parents, you know, like my kid ran it, you know, when he was six months old, you know, like, like my kids taking AP this and AP that like, I, it's, it's insane how competitive these parents are against each other and how they pin these kids against each other for all aspects of life. It's these poor kids need to be kids, you know? <laughs> I, I had a, I had a parent um, email me about something about tryouts or something like that, which by the way, for, for reference, I cannot stay in that word. Um, I just genuinely dislike that word. Um, and, uh, and he said, Oh, it's excited that we're, we're, you know, we're potentially, you know, trying to make the team more competitive. And I really wanted to respond. And I, and I asked one of the coaches and I said, what does that mean? Like, what, what does that mean? Make the team more competitive? Uh, like, or, or I've had a parent who said, I want to keep our team intact at nine years old. And my response to that parent was, you want to play with 10 players when you play 11 v 11? Cause that's what you're going to end up doing. If that's what you intend to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And this idea of like, and, it, and I think it goes back to the age of development, right? At nine years old, we're making cuts, or at nine years old, we're deciding this kid's an A team player or a B team player, and and automatically placing them in some sort of a um a box and saying this is what you're going to be, and then that all that pressure now gets put onto that. And I think, do you think? 
And I feel like I, I had as a, when I, <clears throat> when I became a dad, I think my mindset changed and I, <clears throat> sorry, a few of my players mentioned it. Uh, they said when, when coach Sebastian became a dad, he, he got a little softer and he, he's not, he wasn't as hard as he used to be <laughs> um, on us. Uh, do you think you changed as a coach when, when you became a mom and then same thing with you, Kelly? Um, okay. I think I've changed a lot, to be honest. I mean, I was a, a college coach at the age of 23, a head college coach. So, um, when I came in at that point, like super competitive and, um, and driven and, um, and to be honest, like, I guess I was coaching from what I was, I learned from my coaches. Right. I mean, as a young coach, you come in and then, um, you know, being a college coach then being a high school coach and then getting into the club program and then starting coaching my kids at such a young age. And then if I had to even be brutally honest, even that step up to steamboat soccer club has, um, I wouldn't say softened me, but has, um, it's made me understand that not every player I'm coaching has the same goals or outcome as I did when I was a player, right. That wanted to play at the top level. And so I have to look at the, and we do player pools here. So, you know, so you have that movement from the top team to the second team and, you know, and so, um, you know, it's, I just like every one of the kids I coach, there's few kids who want to, who dream to play at the college level. And there's a lot of kids who just hope to still be involved in the game when they're my age, you know? And so I have to adjust the way that I'm coaching based on those kids and what they want from the game. And most importantly, I'm almost 50 years old. Right. And so like, I look back on my coaches and what they taught me and those things that still push and drive me as a human today. And I want my players to say, coach Linda taught me this and and that's what's keeping me going, you know, and, and get, let them give back. So it's different for me now, you know, I'm at a different point in my life and I look at things a little bit differently. Kelly. I think it's difficult for me to answer that question yet, just because my kids are still pretty young. Um, but as you asked that question, I was thinking about how being a coach has changed the way I parent, mm. um, which is a different way to look at it. But people have kind of made different comments on, Oh, there's the coach and Kelly coming out, you know, when raising Aiden. And I just remember him trying to walk. Right. And so there's a difference between pushing a kid to walk or providing the training opportunity to walk is the way I kind of look at it. And I think as a coach affecting how I parent is helping the kids overcome challenges or seeing a goal in place from a kid and guiding them in the right way where you don't do it for them, but kind of show them the way to get there. You know, if, if Aiden wants to walk up this hill with rocks and mud and trees and sticks, you know, he's still learning how to walk on uneven ground. So how do you kind of help guide him to the top of that hill or top of that mountain in his eyes? And I think being a coach has helped me be a better parent, even in these young ages is just, guiding and mentoring and, you know, showing them, helping them show the way, but not doing it for them. And so that's kind of how I took that question. It's a really good way Sometimes to look that's it. the hardest thing I think is like, 
being able to guide them. Like, um, it's funny, like I shared another story with Kelly this morning when she asked me to be part of this podcast, because I took my, got my son out of bed at seven 30 in the morning <laughs> and go do a hit class with me, you know? <laughs> and, um, and during the hit class, he looked at me like, why did you get my butt out of bed this early to make me do something this awful, you know? But, <laughs> so it's like, you know, and it's, it's hard to like push your kids and, and, you know, to show them what they're capable of doing. Right. And getting mm-hmm. them to dig deep, but also like finding that balance. It's hard, right. It's, it's, it's a hard thing. But I think showing that, I don't think there's anything wrong. And that's kind of how I coach too with players is I think as a coach, you see a bigger potential in some of these kids than they see in themselves. And it's not necessarily pushing them to an unreachable goal or unreachable, unreachable target. It's you can do this. And it's my job as your coach or your mentor to help you see it and to give you the tools to see that. And I think, you know, as long as you find that balance, I think, you know, your kids or your players can strive to things they didn't even think possible. Totally. That's, that's huge. Um, I had a player recently who, who is usually pretty calm and quiet. Um, and she was really frustrated in, in that, at, at the end of the first half of a game. And at, as she, she came off the, she, or she was going back on the field, I said, Hey, by the way, I'm really excited that you're frustrated. And she looked at me like I had three heads. I was like, what do you mean you're excited that I'm frustrated? <laughs> so at the end of the game, I, I met up with her and her and her parents. And I said, I was really excited for you to be frustrated. And she's like, why? And I was like, well, you tell me why you think I was excited for, for you to be frustrated and her, her parents already knew the answer, mm-hmm. um, you know, and finally got it to, got her to realize that it was because it showed that she cared, right. That there was, there was a thought process there, that there was, there was a level of uh, commitment to it. And, <clears throat> and those are the little things. Right. And I said, you know, you're going to, and I, and I told her, I said, listen, this is my last year with you as a coach. And, you know, obviously I, you'll remain in the club. I'll remain in the club, but, you're going to be playing high school soccer at some point. And at some point you're going to look around and you're going to see that every single player is going to be looking at you. Like you were looking at some of the other players on your team and they're going to look at you for advice or for leadership. In that moment, you're going to say, damn it. Coach Sebastian was right. (laughs) Like coach Sebastian, like told me that this was going to happen like three years ago. (laughs) And (laughs) here it is. And I said, and in that moment, all I'm going to do is just smile and be super, super happy and proud because that's all I can do at that point, right? And that's, and again, couldn't tell you what the score of the game was at the end of that game, but that's that's the yeah. moment that sticks out. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to to coaches, to young coaches who potentially who are starting out in their coaching career that want to make a career out of coaching, um, that at some point have have intentions of being mothers. Don't marry a male. Uh, don't marry another soccer coach. <laughs> can I say that? I mean, if Fields is not there, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> you want to do both. Don't marry another coach, <laughs> unless they're your assistant. Which he was your assistant. He wasn't. Worked out great until great. he couldn't be my assistant. No, <laughs> um, so Linda, I'll have you go first. Gosh, you know. Um, so, I mean, just advice on coaching in general, I think take time to make a connection with every one of your players and, um, and understand them and, and, and just know what they're going through so you can be there for them. 
and, and finding that balance of when like different, every player is different, right? I mean, some players like a coach who's in their face and, and, and pushing them and other players, you have to go up and you have to like stroke their back and say, you got this like next time, try this. Right. So I think that big thing, if you want to be successful as a coach, um, you gotta, you gotta find that connection piece and get to know every one of your players individually. Um, so you know how to push them and get the best out of them. And personally, I think if your players trust you as a coach, they'll do anything for you on the field. Um, and then when it comes to coaching your kids, I think you just have to find that balance. And, um, I think go with the, um, leave work, at work. So leave soccer on the field and, and give your kids that downtime unless they're eager to ask you questions and, um, and want more when you get off the field. So. My advice is, I guess a lot of advice I've gotten from, cause I've asked moms who coach too. And I know, especially in the college game, there aren't many um, who are head coaches and have kids. And when I was going through the decision-making of when to step down um, or how to step down or if I should step down, I gathered a lot of advice from the moms I know in the college game. And a lot of them just said, you, you don't get these years back with your kids um, and you don't want to miss those years. And that kind of drove me to ultimately make that decision. Um, you only get one chance or one opportunity to see your kids grow up. And I didn't want to miss that, especially, you know, you wait so long or you try so hard to, to have kids. And then now they're here. Um, and a lot of other coaches out there have expressed to me that they wish they had the guts to step down so they could help raise their kids too, um, which surprised me when I made the decision. And so for those moms out there who are coaches and struggling with the balance or finding time, college game or elsewhere it's you know I think choose the kids you know the career is always going to be there and you can always chase it but ultimately if your happiness comes with being a mom and motherhood and watching those kids take their first steps or walking up that hill and you can't find the balance that choose kids choose family at least I hope we'll see if I say that advice five years from now on the Mother's Day episode next year next year we'll see where we are we'll do it in we'll check in where that. we are Kelly, are we still Actually, on don't now? choose kids. <laughs> I've changed Stay my mind. The career. <laughs> take me back, college. Take me back. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, <laughs> I haven't. I I'm really. We're really happy right now. So, I mean, listen. It's hard not to be happy with the with the background that you have right there behind you. Yeah, I know, and I switched seats. So yeah, and then you have snow recently. Did you guys have snow recently? Yeah, three days ago, Linda. Linda didn't tell us that. That it's I wanted, in May. I wanted to make sure you guys still moved yeah. up here. <laughs> it's like Christmas in July. <laughs> it's awesome because I'm in shorts now. So it was oh, I was in snow boots two days ago and shorts today. So Colorado's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, before before we go, I just want to say thank you for both of you for joining. Linda, we appreciate you joining in for the first time and hopefully it won't be the last time. Yeah, thanks for with having us. Now that now that Fields and Kelly there, we're gonna we're gonna obviously we're rooting for Steamboat Soccer Club, and we want to hear all the updates about Steamboat Soccer Club. So we'll we'll do an episode where we talk about Steamboat Soccer Club specifically. Um, but in general, I do want to say thank you to both of you for we're not gonna not only coming on the podcast, but also just 
putting yourself out there. I think that's really hard sometimes um, to to share things. It's not it's not easy, and it's also probably not easy in is being a parent who coaches. And uh, and Kelly, I think um, I told Fields this before that when you guys made the decision that you made, um, I was super excited because it was because it was the decision you were making was for the right reasons, right? You said choose the kids and you chose the kids and that's, that's ultimately the greatest thing. So, um, so thank you for, for being, for coming on uh, this, this, I think this, I think our, our episode last year got really emotional. I think I might've almost cried last year. I think uh, I did cry. I think you might've cried. Yeah. Uh, so this year you didn't, which is great. We're, we're Are you guys <laughs> crying about, I'm going to have to hear about this story. Uh, I think I'm still in postpartum. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> My hormones are still all out of whack. No, you were, no, you were pregnant last year. Was I? Yeah, I was. A year no, ago, you would have been. Oh yeah. No, it was still Aiden. Cause Jamie Beamer was on the episode and she was talking about how I don't remember. You'll have to tune in, Linda. Yeah, I don't know. It was 12 months ago. So 12 minus three and a half. Close, maybe. Maybe you were pregnant and you didn't know it. <laughs> That's for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> that will be a fun episode. <laughs> but make sure you invite me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. You want to come. Happy Mother's Day to everybody and Brittany, Sebastian. Yes, we will make sure. Brittany right now is about to jump on a call to defend her dissertation or her proposal for a dissertation. Okay, so wish she, her luck from us. We'll, we'll do. Um, so thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, we're back. Uh, Dwayne, Champions League, did you watch the games? Because with high school season, I did not. I only caught the uh, last like five minutes of the Real Madrid City game. Uh, I did not catch the Liverpool Villarreal game. I heard that was pretty good. Uh, I saw the highlights of that. It was it looked really good. I I got in on the Man City game 15 minutes in and was surprised that it was zero zero because if you remember the first leg, it was like three to one at that point. Like yeah. it was crazy. Um, they just saved it for the last 15 minutes. Yeah, they saved it for the last 15 minutes, which we won't talk about that. Yeah, it was tough, right? I, I mean, so Villarreal Liverpool. That was on Tuesday. Um, Villarreal goes up to two nothing and half, tying the the aggregate. And remember, the new rules are there is no way goal like that doesn't count in different. So, tying the aggregate. So, regardless, would have gone into PKs. But then, uh, um, Liverpool goes on a twelve minute run and scores three goals in twelve minutes. Run, run, and just uh, yeah, ran to the Champions League final. Random. Yeah, pairs. I mean. It it was I feel bad for Ruli, who was a goalkeeper for Villarreal. It was one of the goals was was clearly his fault. Um or two of the goals he was he had some responsibility and and it's tough because he's the one that ultimately helped them win the Europa League last year. Yeah. He's the one that scored the the game winning PK. It's tough, but it is, um... it is so so Liverpool makes it to the final against Real Madrid. Now I mean, at this point, like, is there anything that Real Madrid can't do? I, I mean, at this, like, it just, I, I don't see any way that that team will lose um, in general. They're just very consistent. They're consistently consistent. And they're just consistently good, like, in when they need to be, right? Like, Benzema will score the goal when he needs to score a goal. Like, he'll, like, 
it's just they're gonna figure out figure it out. Um, I read somewhere that Ancelotti said that um, this might be this his last go around, and then he you know retire after that. Which I would retire on top, dude. You just want to, you yeah, just you want La Liga. You win the La Liga Champions League. I'm out. I'm out because he's won everything everywhere. Yeah. You know who else has won everything everywhere except for this because it's the first one and he's in the final for it. Uh, Jose. Jose. Jose Mourinho is in the Conference League final against Feyenoord. Um, so that'll be um, May 20th. It's going to be televised. Of course it's going to be televised. You know what's interesting? Is that it's happening? So that final is happening the same week as the Champions League final, but the Europa League final is happening the week before. Makes so that's sense. Someone, that's interesting. You get some more money for the Europa League, and then you know the Conference League is like the JV match. Yeah, there you go. Everybody pays their money for that for the Champions yeah. League, and then you know give a couple dollars to the <laughs> Conference League. Yeah. So Roma Feyenoord on May twenty fifth. And then um, Eintracht Frankfurt against Rangers. Rangers turn the game around against Leipzig. Yeah, Rangers um, is going to be jumping if they win. Yeah. Got to get to Glasgow if they win because that place is going to be nuts. Yeah. Was that Jonathan John, Jonathan Ward? Was he a Rangers fan? No, Celtic fan. I don't know. I don't get. I don't really want to guess the wrong thing because yeah, I don't get, either. People get really offended. People really get really offended. But yeah, if, you, if Rangers wins, cars will be flipped in the street. Don't park your car in the street if you live in Glasgow. You know, <laughs> go find somewhere safe to park it because Glasgow, fans, like in in Delaware, no, Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, okay, my bad. I don't know. Just making sure because I live close by. Right. I'm trying to not make sure my car doesn't get flipped. We might go flip. We might go get some students from Glasgow High and go flip your car anyway. <laughs> my car. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why my car? Um, yeah, so so good for them there. So there's your there's your three finalists. And then the other thing we had been t- talking about was the um CONCACAF under 17 women's championship, and that's in its final stages. So we talked about United States playing Curacao last Saturday, and that that game ended up 11 nothing. Um, and then uh, the United States also on Wednesday beat Jamaica for nothing. So now they're in the semifinal against Canada today, seven o'clock. So they beat Canada. They move on to the final on Sunday and then they'll face the winner of Mexico and Puerto Rico. Oh, USA, Canada, US 17. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, this is also the same Puerto Rico that the US beat 13, nothing the first game, the first time they played them. This is so. the same Puerto Rico. That's part of the United States. Yeah, I mean, I think I think so. Puerto Rico ended up going through and ultimately getting a favorable draw. So they played Panama in the round of sixteen, and then in the quarterfinal, they ended up playing El Salvador. So winning both of those games, uh, two nothing. Um, Puerto Rico's best player is American and plays for the U.S. <laughs> uh, Canada beat Costa Rica in this quarterfinal. And then Mexico beat the Dominican Republic 10-0 in the quarterfinal. So Mexico is playing Puerto Rico. So Mexico will likely, I would say, win that game. The U.S.-Canada game on the U-17 level is going to be really interesting. So I believe that game is broadcasted on FS1 or or, or online somewhere. I'm sure you can find it. Um, And then the one other thing we talked about 
was was soccer day on last week? No, that was the week before, right? That was the week before. That was the week before. So when we were talking with soccer day, we were talking about the Maradona jersey that was up for uh, auction. So we're talking about the 1986 England versus Argentina game for the quarterfinal of the World Cup. Yeah, I think where Maradona scores two goals in the second half, the hand of God goal, and then the the you know the goal century. It was up to like nine point two million earlier this week, right? So, so the record up to this point of a match worn jersey in history was a Babe Ruth nineteen twenty eight to nineteen thirty jersey, which was sold for five point six million dollars. The memorabilia, the sports memorabilia, was the the record was eight point eight million dollars, and that was for a hand drawn Olympic manifesto. That was sold in 2019. People just have money for crazy stuff. They do. This jersey ended up um, being sold for $9.28 million. And like, it's not like you're going to wear it out. Like you're just going to put it in a frame and sit in your house. It's an anonymous buyer because ultimately, if people know who you are at that point and you got that kind of cash and you also have that jersey, yeah, you, you need to... that. I don't think you'll ever see the light like this jersey will never see the light of day. This person, whoever that is, I would say unless you're a soccer player that like you you can you at some point want to reveal it. I, I would expect that this person is not going to reveal who it is. You know who bought the jersey? No. Messi. Messi didn't buy the jersey. Messi bought the jersey, man. Messi did not. Messi. You think Messi bought the jersey? Messi bought the jersey. There was an Argentinian that was in for the bidding and then got outbid at some point. Messi ain't getting outbid. <laughs> I mean, you still you think Messi bought the jersey? Messi bought the jersey. I mean, that'd be pretty cool if he did. It all of Argentina wants is uh, this jersey to be owned by an Argentinian. So Messi bought it. Messi bought it. We're we going for that. Are we just are we making that claim on the yeah, world? Who else bought it? On Hell Di Maria. <laughs> no, he ain't got that kind of cash. Carlos Tevez. No, nah, Tevez ain't gonna got. Well, I mean, he might. Tevez, got, that Tevez, cash. Tevez, got, the Tevez cash. got that cash. But no, Tevez is Tevez is doing other things in his life. He's enjoying. He's he's touring Argentina right now. Yeah. Um, he's, he's raised enough money to buy that jersey. He's enjoying retirement. Uh, it wasn't Beckham, was was it? You don't think it was David Beckham? No. You don't think it's some like just investor or some sort of like Saudi Arabian prince or something like that? No, I think it was somebody from Argentina. Manu Ginobili bought the jersey. <laughs> I don't think Manu Ginobili bought the jersey. Manu Ginobili is not a big, I mean, he's not a huge soccer fan. Uh, Shout out to Manu Ginobili for making the Hall of Fame, by the way. Luis Scola bought the jersey. Luis <laughs> Scola. Do you think my dad bought the jersey? Your dad you think it's my birthday present? Player. If your dad had 9.28 million, <laughs> he wouldn't he would be out there. He would not be refing soccer games. Actually, he might be. Just give him back. I'd be giving back at a U19 National Premier League MLS next game, getting that money, but nah. nah. So so you don't think it was my dad? It wasn't no. a birthday gift for me? All right. No. Um, so you think it was Messi? Are we going with that? I'm going with Messi. I mean, that's fine. We can go with Messi. That's fine. Let's just say it is. I'm going with Messi. You we'll make that claim. Me. It doesn't really matter. I mean, we can make I'll, the claim all we want. Listen, it doesn't hurt me, whoever got the jersey. Um because I don't have the jersey. We don't have the jersey. No. All right. Okay. Uh, player of the match. Who is your player of the match, man? 
My player of the match is the team of the match. It's going to go out to the 2007 boys for having a very successful weekend, playing hard, and just being extremely competitive and being super, bringing the intensity. Um, so great job to them this past weekend. Good. Good for them. Um, my player of the match uh, is going to go out to Nico Caselis, mm, who is out in Barcelona one. right now, um, training with the Barcelona Academy. Um, uh, so congratulations to him. Really cool opportunity yeah. for him to go out there and train in Spain. So he's plays on our currently on our 2010 boys team. So big shout out to him. Um, on this day in soccer history. So uh, May 6, 1978. Um, this is going to be an interesting one because our, our, our dear friend, um, Bill Brown is not going to enjoy this one. Um, it's got it's got the word arsenal in it, so you know what that means. <laughs> so, uh, so it's not really about arsenal; it's really about the other side. Uh, so, uh, Arsenal's uh, playing the FA Cup final against Ipswich Town in 1978 at Wembley. Um, Ipswich Town had been beaten in the league six to one uh, the previous week, so they were by far the underdogs for the game. Uh, before in the 77th minute, Roger Osborne scored a goal. The only goal of the game, making Ipswich the FA Cup winners of that year. The interesting part, and this is the part that I was really interested by. So he scores a goal, and he had to be substituted off the match because he's when he scored the goal, he fainted. It's nuts. He fainted, and then so he was out, done, donezo. Um, couldn't, couldn't go for the brace. No, uh, definitely not. No. So uh, yeah, 1978. Congratulations to Ipswich Town and. Hopefully, Roger Osborne recovered quickly from his uh, fainting as soon as he scored a goal. That would be that would suck if that happened. That was a career ending injury. Anytime he scores, he faints. Yeah. So he became a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, fair play of the week. Um, my fair play of the week this week goes out to referees. Um, uh, I I believe that referees do the best they can. And actually, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it a double. Uh, fair play of the week. My fair play of the week goes out to the referees that in you know these difficult times of having a referee shortage are still going out there. And also referee assigners and specifically our referee assigner, Kyle. Yeah. Shout out to the two-man system. <laughs> different state, different state. Different state. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. shout out to our referee assigner, Kyle, for doing the best he can with, with what he's... With, I mean, he's working with limited resources and he's managing, making it work. We're trying to help him out on our end, too. We're trying to get more referees into the game to be able to say, hey, you didn't give us enough referees. But he's like, hey, well, you guys got any kids sitting around that want a referee? <laughs> yeah. So like, it's a you know, it's a two, two-way street. So, yeah, we're trying to support him as well, get some more referees involved in the game. Yeah. And ultimately just just try to grow the game. Yeah, absolutely. Off referees now, they'll never come back. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And also, I think we need to just have an overall fair play of the week to all the moms out there and all the mom figures, all the supporting mom cast that's out there in the world. Um, All the moms still playing at the highest level. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yes. All the moms. The highest level is the uh, Newcastle County Adult League. Mom referees, mom players, soccer moms, um, anybody that's out there that's the mom of a soccer player or the mother figure of a soccer player should have we should have had a mother's day soccer match top moms in the club playing against each other that'd be cool 
That would be so funny, dude. That'd be really cool to watch. Whose mom thinks she's whose mom thinks they're the best mom soccer player at Delaware Union? I that, I don't know. I have a couple candidates. I think you got a couple candidates. I got a couple that I can think of. We don't forget we have former college soccer players in our club. We got we got players in our club. We got players. We definitely got players. We definitely we got some players. Got some players. I'm trying to think of who would be a baller. We got some players. Um, so yeah, so shout out to all the moms. Thanks for thanks for driving us to practice and games. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for doing all that stuff. All right, who's your dad? The dads make us welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Only certain dads. Only certain dads. Uh, uh, Ditto yours with the referees, man. I think that's huge. Um, you know, our referee assigners try the best to get us a full a full crew. And we try to work our games around getting a full crew. Um, so, you know, just shout out to the referees. Yeah. Rec referees, travel referees, college referees. MLS referees. MLS referees. We have MLS referees in the podcast before. so We have had MLS referees in the podcast. All, all kinds of referees. All types of referees. Bad referees, good referees, scary referees. The ref, shout, shout out to the ref that that's wearing the a different color jersey that's just wearing like a club jersey, like a team jersey as the referee. Shout out to that guy. Shout out to the player that's playing the game and thinks they're a referee. Yes. Shout out to the player who's in the tournament and is also a referee. As a yeah. 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 Shout out to them. Shout out to everybody. Way to go. Well done. There you go. Um well, you know where I, to find us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on facebook.com slash Delarine on Instagram at Delarine Soccer. Follow the Diamonds. Diamonds schedule being released uh, probably next week. Um, Diamonds Media Day coming up in a couple weeks. Um, next week, I'm in North Carolina again, so we'll have to record you know, in separate states once again. We'll have to oh, figure that, that, time out. Zone, that time zone thing, huh? Yeah, that time zone thing is going to be difficult. Uh, and make sure you follow the Instagram for the podcast at DE Soccer Podcast, at D Soccer Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.